I'm Anjali Crochet, and this is Marvel's Voices. If you are a fan of Marvel, which obviously you're a fan of Marvel, you're listening to Marvel's Voices, or maybe you're just a fan of me, I'll take them both, uh, you have heard this incredible announcement that there is a brand new scripted podcast that is coming from the great minds here at Marvel, this new fictional podcast series called The Marvels, uh, which is celebrating the 25th anniversary of Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross's award-winning four-part book, Marvels. The series of the same name actually revisits the story of photojournalist Phil Shelton as he navigates the chaos caused by the Galactus invasion of New York City and explores what it means to be human in a universe inhabited by superheroes. Uh, This original piece is so cool. It was actually written by Lauren Shippen, directed by Paul Bay, and with sound design from Misha Stanton, uh, starring Method Man, Anna Sophia Robb, Ethan Peck, and Seth Barish. Man, look, it is one of the coolest things I've ever read, and I know it is going to be one of the dopest things you've ever heard. I I love the production team, uh, Jen Manel and uh, Harry Go, Harry Go, who actually has been a guest host here on Marvel's Voices. Uh, I've all brought together such an incredible, incredible creative team. I actually had an opportunity to sit down with two of those creative team members, Paul Bay and Misha Stanton, uh, in the midst of a marathon recording week. It was pretty amazing. I think it was the second last day. Uh, Somehow we stole them (laughs) out of the studio to sit down and really talk about all the pieces that are being put together to bring this colossus, all puns intended, uh, of a story together. And it's just, I've read all the scripts. It's magnificent. And I know it's going to sound absolutely incredible. And they took me a little bit behind the scenes, not just of why they love Marvel and why they in particular really love this series, Marvels, but all the love, skills, and experience they're bringing to the table to put together such an incredible piece of scripted work. That was awesome. <laughs> all right, so we're here in this amazing studio with its glorious sound uh, at Stitcher. Uh, where basically you have been locked in the studio for nine days now? Eight days? Eight days. Today was day eight. Oh, you know, eight is the number of recreations. I'm very excited about this. You made it past seven. Oh, yeah. You made it past seven. It's an exciting number. It's, you know what will be an even more exciting number? The millions of downloads we're going to get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say day 10, but fine. I'll go with that one. I'll go with that one. I, I hear you, but also, like, I'm not really excited for this to be over. Uh, yeah, because that's when your work begins. But also because it's just been great. Well, I was telling Misha, like, I'm, I'm going to be sad for two reasons. I don't want this project to end, and I don't want to leave New York. It's my oh. first time in New York. I, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 yeah, stop. Yeah. What? Yeah, this is my first time in New York, and everyone's making fun of me because as a stand-up comedian, like, I never came to New York. I just did L.A. and San Fran, but I never I came mean, this way. I mean, but you're a stand-up comedian from, like, the Pacific North. Yeah, right? And that... But also, this late... Like, I'm, I'm 50 years old. Yeah. And I waited till I'm 50 to come to this... Also, you look great. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, also, you were... Okay, so we have to actually take a step back. It's not even that you're a stand-up comedian. Paul, you are the director. Yes. Misha, you are just literally, like, the creator of... <laughs> what is going to be a layered 
beautiful, glorious uh, podcast. Yeah, um, I think we're calling me the the sound artist. Sound on this artist one? is yeah. what I've been. Calling. I like it. I like that's kind of that's hmm, sound artist. Thank you. Uh, it's 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 very malleable. There's a lot <laughs> of places you so can be a things. sound artist. <laughs> so this is your first time working together, but you've known each other, and you both have award winning, like been in the podcast sphere for a good amount of years. Um, what was it like? And, and a lot of Marvel fans love the first family, like the literally the, being the first family, they get a lot of deference. But what was it that drew you both, besides knowing the writer, Lauren, uh, to this project? Well, The First Family was also my first comic uh, back in 1978. I think I was in third grade. And I'm, re- I'm flipping through and I'm like, this is, this is incredible. And, and it was the Galactus series. Galact- that was my first comic series that I've ever read. Galactus, Silver Surfer, all that, the, the Ignifier. And so when I got the call, you, you know, sign this NDA. Well, sign the NDA. Bring the, see We've all gotten that call. Yeah, yeah, that call. You see the Marvel <laughs> at the top of the paper. I'm like, what? Which story do they want me to? And then I find out it's this. Through Busiek's version, I, I almost fainted. That was a, that was that was one of the best emails I ever opened up in my life. I'm like trying to explain people what it means to me to be able to tell this to, to help tell this specific story. I would have been excited about any Marvel story, but this specific story, like I'm a 50 year old person telling this first story I read of Marvels as a kid. I get to tell this story, and hum, and I get to pour my love into it with friends that I love. So everything about this is we could go on about my love for this and them forever. But this is what excited me the most. Um, they can't see this, but I'm totally geeking out about how excited. Like, this is this is the best part of my job is to get to talk to artists who put things together. Because we had this, this conversation about how you and Lauren met uh, Misha and, like, this idea of, like, how excited you are about putting the soundscape together. Oh, so... The the thing about comics is that they don't sound like anything at all. And the thing about podcasts is they don't look like anything at all. So I essentially get to take this beautiful story, which my very good friend has lovingly crafted into the core of it, the writing of it, and I get to build it back up from the ground up. And, I mean, it, in a way that no one has gotten to sound design before. That, like, sure, people have done... Uh, Spider-Man sounds and people have done Fantastic Four sounds, but nobody has done those together in the 1960s, and I get to do that. No one can say that. Well, and you're also you're also clearly a nerd. Yes. Um, oh, how could you tell from the all of me? <laughs> y- yes. Uh, it, it, yes. Also, just from your excitement, right? You know, talk to me about how this all began. Like how you know? Yes, we know where the first family came from, but like. This is a crazy idea. 1966 and 1967, Galactus, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man. Like, how did we get here? Well, it starts with the source material. Right? And the source material is like, it's seminal to the Marvel Universe. It's, it's a retelling of these important stories. And the one we're lucky enough to be working on is a retelling of this fantastic story of the first family and their encounter with something, with a being that can destroy the planet. I mean, he is Galactus. Yeah. He does yeah. devour worlds. Yeah, yeah. and with a, with a, with a whip-ass suit. And so he's <laughs> going to come down and we get to experience that. And we, we are privileged enough to be able to uh, 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 have a friend who's so, um, so gifted with, with structuring stories over 10 episodes. It's, it's a very, very nuanced story. Yeah. A, a retelling of, of a classic 
which is very stressful. It does have a lot of weight on your shoulders, but Lauren pulled it off, more than pulled it off. It, it's one of the best things I've read in, in this medium. Yeah. yeah. One of the best things to me about that source material is, you know, Marvel Comics can get overwhelming with just like how many different tangents and side things that it's hard to keep it all track and in straight order. But Marvel's, the, the graphic novel, gives everything a really, really definite place in the timeline where things follow sequentially. And that's a really cool place to put a story about investigative journalism because investigative journalism is all about piecing together the timeline from start to finish. And that the timeline here is so definite, like, I don't know, it, it, it makes it full in a way that's really neat. So besides the source material, there are some other influences here, right? Well, there, there's definitely a, a, a winks at contemporary issues, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I don't want to give it away because people are going to listen to it. But there's a there's actually a ton of them. Uh, what yeah. the main one being, which I, I don't think people mind me saying, is is about uh, peeling back media and what we receive as the public mm -hmm. to try to get at the truth, which is a, not an easy process. And this really, really, th Lauren was, was she was just knocking it out of the park with that theme, and yeah. I, 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 that's that's one of the things. And there's also kind of a little reminiscent to this concept of like the old school radio drama, dark shadows type feel, War of the Worlds, big sound yeah. um, in this. I mean, there's it's hard to draw a closer parallel from the tripods of War of the Worlds to Galactus. <laughs> like they're big pointy things that drop out of the sky and start shooting lasers. There, and there are lasers here. There are going to be Spoilers. lasers. There are lasers. Um, I don't know a lot of Marvel comics that involve Galactus where there are no lasers, so maybe not a spoiler. Yeah, I, I think they probably could have seen that one. <laughs> it was in the contract, actually, when they hired me. They were like, you, you can do lasers, right? It's fine. I got lasers. Don't worry about it. I got them in my back pocket. Um, but so you, both of you, have been in the podcasting sphere and take, like just want to take a step back for like folks who just don't necessarily know what these glorious titles that you have really look like um, or, or the journey, right? Like there's there's always a journey to get where you are and why you're passionate about this particular medium. Like you have a background as a high school teacher. <laughs> now, granted, it is an English high school teacher and God bless you because nobody really likes or everyone loves. There's no yes. real middle ground <laughs> yeah. on English high school teachers. And you were a comedian, and now you are a successful podcast director. Um, like, one, I'm sure everybody after hearing this is going to think that he is, like, in the back conducting in some strange way no. and, like, cueing people well, left and right. Well, that's the first misconception. Paul's not sitting in the back of anything. He sits in the room directly with the actors and all of the rest of us sit in the nice control booth. Uh, Paul's, I, Paul's I, in the middle of it. I feel Misha is like, I'm very safe in the control room. And well, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, right, so I get to say whatever I want, and then Paul has the horrible burden of translating that into something that the actors can do anything with. Yeah. So we have we have a system because I, I when you bring up conducting, uh, it is like uh, when especially for audio drama for this medium, their voices I treat it as separate instruments and they do come together to, to play this piece. And uh, one of the producers from Marvel was making well lovingly teasing me said from the back when we look at you you look like a conductor with your with your music stand and you're telling them and and, and I have a tone I want to hit 
for a scene. Then we'll do a couple, it's rehearsal, we do a live rehearsal, we tape it, and then we do a couple passes, then I look over at Misha, <laughs> and if I don't see the smile, if I don't see the Misha smile, that means something's missing here. Because Misha has a larger sonic context in which to fit all of this. Mm. All right? And then I'm like, okay, your turn. I got what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even what, as... What else do you need? Yeah, even as far as like where people move in a scene, how far away they are from each other. I mean, everyone in this room is just like standing a set width apart and saying their lines. And I change and manipulate that as the story needs in, all in post-production. So it needs to... I need to get everything... Uh, to make to set myself up for that to make that happen, but that's hard to tell actors who are just standing still. I can't be like, actually, you're uh, running this distance and then throwing a ball and doing that, and they're like, but I'm I'm just here. I'm just standing. Here. I'm just standing here in front of it's, this mic. It's yeah. It's it's kind of my job to to keep the full picture at the end in mind. Where I think Paul, you're living a little more in the moment with them. Yeah, yeah. And as a former actor, I, there's ways I need to get whatever I want specifically without line reading, without being specific, without throwing them off their game. Uh, there's a lot of things that go through actors' minds in this kind of contest. And because it's a Marvel property, we didn't have the luxury of having a, a sit-down. Everything's so secretive. Yeah. Right? Everything, no, it's their first time reading it is when we're together. Oh, my God. Wow. The, the one, there's a, a kid who came in oh for one God. day. Yeah. And we couldn't tell him what he was reading for. He's like a sixth grader. And he oh, comes man. in. Were and, there like fake names in No, no, no. Here? There weren't fake names. But, but he comes in. He's reading his lines. And he's like, you know, doing this really nice linery. And he, and he stops. And he stares down at the music stand. And we're all like, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, I just saw the Fantastic Four. I didn't know that's what we were doing. In the mid-read, he in realized. In mid-read, he figured it out. And to see, like, the joy on his face, to be like, oh, my God, this is cool. We, we all died. We soaked up that moment. And I wanted a behind-the-scenes camera footage of, this is what these stories do. This is what, like, yeah. this, this little boy, you know, going in for a job in New York, he's, he's acting like everybody else, and all of a sudden, What? I'm I'm part of the Fantastic Four. I'm part of this project, and it was such a joy yeah. to be able to like next time. I'm like, oh my god, I, this is because you, you forget because you've yeah. read it a number of times. You've done a director's pass. You've sat there and I, collaborated with Lauren. Yeah, I've been reading it since. I mean, I've I'm just the sound designer. I, I do most of my work in post production, but I've been on it since the beginning. Well, and let's let's talk about that because okay. we kind of know where you came from, <laughs> which is. We will get back to yeah. that. Uh, but for those who are like really interested in this concept, because this is a audio sensory rich, basically that's it. I don't know if a lot of people understand how many layers go into each one of these scenes, let alone what Lauren has done so magnificently, which is while there are standard things that people will hear that are the same throughout this show – there is a mood that changes oh, yeah. with the POV. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, that's Lauren's bread and butter is how things change from perspective to perspective. I mean, she uh, – the first show we worked on together was her show, The Bright Sessions. And uh, that's a show about uh, super-powered uh, young adults who all see the same therapist. And, uh, I mean, that's what she learned on. That's what she cut her teeth on was, was diving deep into people's perspectives and how they can see – the same story from different ways and how to get at the core of that uh, in, you know, 30 minutes or less. And I, I mean, that was the second show I worked on. Uh, I heard it as a fan and was like, I got to get into this show. This is so cool. How do I help make this show? And um, 
fortunately, I, I was able to take over the sound design for her because she's a writer. She's an actor. She doesn't have a ton of technical sound design experience. Why would you expect her to? And it allowed her to get it out of, you know, one room and to open it up into from two-person scenes to five, six, seven. I think we had 12 at one point all in one scene together. Wow. Um, and to, you know, instead of just being two people sitting in chairs talking, all of a sudden it's movie night and they're eating food and they're doing dishes and people are walking and moving around and it's a lot more dynamic that way. So Lauren's experience getting at core perspectives and then opening them up to sonic design to to like now how do we get this perspective to sound like that without the words yeah uh was a thing we got really good at over the years and years of doing that show but also i think there's you didn't start off full-time podcast like you transitioned into this oh yeah i mean i uh went to school for theatrical sound design and uh, my school didn't even have enough material to support that track. So I ended up also studying at the Berkeley School of Music in Boston. I No big deal. Yeah, uh, you may have heard of it. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> I uh, studied acoustics and psychoacoustics, which is the study of how the brain interprets audio information. Um, Paul really likes the story. My psychoacoustics teacher was uh, Dr. Susan Rogers, who was the engineer on Purple Rain. I love Paul this loves story. that story. It's my favorite story. I know who Susan Rogers is. Do you? Uh, I am a huge Prince fan. Oh, cool. I'm having moments. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was a really good teacher, and now I do this. Um, no. There yeah, was... Because of this, I feel connected to Prince because of Misha. So also, <laughs> Six Degrees. I've never been speechless in an interview. Wow. So I need a moment. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So I was, I mean, I was coming up doing theater. And you can't make any money doing theater. Uh, no. No. Really? Especially when you're disabled. Because to make any money doing theater before you become a very successful designer, you have to do a lot of manual labor. Just a lot of it. And I couldn't. Uh, meanwhile, I was playing radio pranks with some college friends of mine. Uh, we, we made like a fake uh, weird government broadcast. And then we broke into our college radio station late at night and we played it for no one. And uh, we sort of set a plot to that and sort of developed that idea out. And by the time I was getting out of theater, we were like, maybe we could do this as a podcast. And uh, that became our first show, Ars Paradoxica. And uh, that got pretty successful, moderately successful. Uh, some people started hearing about me and like, now I'm doing podcasts full time. It was like a slow roll that happened all at once. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> That's incredible. I'm, 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 I now found my words. Great. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but that, I think that's what also makes the anticipation of this being so good. Like, I can't wait to listeners hear it because there also is this varied experience of the creators, right? But like, no pressure though. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but that also, speaking of pressure, um, both nerds, both comic book fans. Yo, you got a lot of legacy characters, but also there are a couple new characters um, that are going to be canon after this. That's awesome. That is so cool. That's <laughs> like, pretty cool. Yeah. That's so cool. 
You can't you can't see I, Misha's face, but it's bringing me so much joy. Well, I mean, you talk about legacy, and I'll tell you that uh, my dad has been a Marvel collector since like the mid '60s. He's got some old stuff, and he kept all of it because he's a huge pack rat. Wow. So, I mean, you know, I've been doing art since I was like 13, and I burnt them out on like bad musicals in high school that I was like, come see my show, and then it's Carousel. Anyway, uh, so my parents my parents burnt out on these shows, and so I can't get them to listen to my indie podcasts. But my really? Da- yeah, I mean, also I make... The shows I make are, are not everyone's cup of tea. I understand that. I have a lot of fun making them, and that's joy enough. But I told my dad that I was making the Marvel podcast, and he was like, oh, excuse me? Everything I've ever wanted for you, my child? <laughs> He's like, I have succeeded as a parent. Yeah, I call him now. Uh, he lives in New York, and I, I live in L.A., and I call him, and he goes, yeah, how are you doing? Okay, good. And how's your fiance? Great, great, cool. And how's Galactus? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Stop it. That is amazing. So I have to not only, like, make this good for everyone, I have to make this good for my dad. Okay, my pressure is nowhere near as much as that pressure is. I am so... My dad is like, that's cool. Comic books. (laughs) My dad did give me my first comic book, so I will... will. Little did he know. Little did he know what monster he was creating. (laughs) Um, That's so much pressure. You just became the most Asian person in this room. Wow, really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But for those of you listening, I'm Korean. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's funny here. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and it's audio. Um, But also there are some new characters, right? You've got um, Charlie Martinez. I love Charlie so much. We can't talk a lot about Charlie just yet. No, but she's just so like feisty yeah it, like and like young and hungry and doesn't really care what a ton of other people think in a way that is very uh just g- tugs at my heartstrings she's I very new york spunky she's yes. very bronx she's very bronx and we we, we were very careful in the casting for, for the for that character because she she brings so much of a different type of energy to to her scenes and it's a different flavor that we that is essential to this. So you got to be really you're looking at the words and you're seeing tons of audition tapes, uh, audition audio. And then uh, we just we just really took our time with her and we got I'm, I just I'm just I just pumped my fist when she when she started speaking her roles. I'm like yes we got it we got it. And I and I love that right because it's again going back to this idea that much like a comic book this is a teamwork collaboration situation. What does it look like as you're kind of putting together this special sauce of like sonic perfection that is going to be uh, what listeners get to hear? Are you talking from a casting perspective or from the post perspective? For I think from both because you know you Misha have been here from the beginning, but mm-hmm. also. Your heavy lift is about to start. Yeah. And I'll also say, I, I wasn't involved with casting at all. So I was really relying on Paul and the casting agency and the producers to to deliver that. And uh, I got to say, some a couple people walking in, I was, I was nervous before I heard them. But every single person who has walked into this room has killed it, has just nailed it. Everybody's nailing it. I, I'm shocked. I mean, I shouldn't be because everybody's great and professional, and uh, but 
But sometimes I, things don't work. Yeah, it, sometimes it is, things don't work. It's a special yeah. sauce. And, yeah, it's, it is a special sauce. And I think it's hard to know what it is until you see it, which is terrible advice to give new creators. But, like, you feel it. Yeah. You can feel it when it's that special sauce. And when someone gives you the directing reins, like, and, like it's, and you, you love the script so much, and you got now you have a you have a duty to the writer, right, to make sure your part, your work is as beautiful as as what they did on the page. So yeah. then I'm like, okay, well, I, I know I don't have to worry about Misha. I know Misha's going to knock it out of the park. But now I got to think about what my vision for this this thing is. Like that's why they brought me in as the for my flavor. Yeah. And 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 I think um, I take a lot of pride in the way I cast audio drama. Yeah. Uh, and I I I think I have a um, a sense of how these voices come together. As I alluded to earlier, it's like a symphony to me. They're they're all instruments and they have to fit together. Um, and there was a, a few times where like you know they're like, why do you want this person? I have to explain very deeply why I really feel this person is right for this particular role. Right. And then and then some people disagree. And we all we all came to a consensus. And I'd hear why they want a certain person. And um, yeah. And we got very very. After that, it's just like, oh God, I crossed my fingers. I hope they're able to deliver when it's all. I hope it does sound like it does in my head, uh, especially for the three where you hear their voice so often, um, yeah. so often. And and there's there's some long. And that's Phil Sheldon, Ben Urich, and uh, Marsha Hardesty. Yeah. And to have so many passages with just their voice, it has to be dynamic, and all three have to be quite different with different energies playing off of each other. Um, and and we got lucky <laughs> that that what our the vision that we had for it landed. I've been told that in some scenes in scripted podcasts, there are hundreds plus different tracks that are layered on here. So how do you start this process? Because now, right now, and I think for, for folks at home, like, this doesn't go in sequential order. Just like a movie is filmed uh, or or a TV show is filmed, it's not necessarily filmed sequentially. Some of the parts, mm-hmm. particularly in this, really interesting because all the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of flashbacks. There's a ton of like voiceover overlaid on full scenes where maybe that person is also in the scene. So you have to differentiate those two voices so you can tell the difference. Um and I mean, shout out to Rachel Whalen, our script supervisor, who has been keeping track of everything. So it's going to be a little easier on me later. Wow. Yeah. She's doing a mountain of work. I, I like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. It's incredible. I, I don't, I don't know how she does it. Yeah. Uh, but the, we do have a system where we were anticipating all these tracks. Yeah. So during the performance, you know, you do like, I don't know, five, four takes. And if I find one I like, I'll look over at Misha and hold a, num- a number up, up saying, Number three, the third take was my favorite. Doesn't mean it has to be, but Misha's going to listen later on. Is, is Paul right about this? No, no. And Misha will probably say back, actually, the fourth one is actually better. Here, listen to this one. So we'll be working back and forth like that. Uh, and some of them are some of them are more obvious than others. I, I know some that you're going to be <laughs> you know, like, very frustrated, <laughs> but like some of them are so close. Some of them are, you know. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a lot of work on, on that end. But, but yeah, uh, but, I mean, so as far as tracks, I mean, each different character has a track which i'm pretty sure in episode one is like 40 or 50 yeah but that also includes new york as a character yeah well so there i usually have three or four ambient background tracks i usually have five or six um foreground sound effect tracks um i'll have i mean each character's footsteps gets its own track for every surface 
that they walk on. So if they go from pavement to wood, that's two tracks. Can I add another thing? Because just in case it's lost, I don't know exactly how, how in-depth Misha is sinking into this, into the sonic world. There's a specific camera in the script from 1966. Yeah, it's a Minolta. We got that camera so that Misha could record the camera clicking. That camera. Because mm-hmm. it sounds different from other cameras. I didn't know that. Misha had to point it out to me. Yep. Yeah, and I was actually going to talk about the textures, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it being that it's in 66, 67... There's a very specific way engine sound. There's a very specific way radio sounded. There's a very like you in in the script you can you you see that she's winding the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember having to wind a camera, uh, and cameras don't do that anymore. Yeah, for I mean, fortunately, one of the producers, Harry Go, happened to have a, an old Minolta camera that of we just brought. Of course, in. Harry Go had a <laughs> yeah. Minolta camera. Um, of course. I mean, I also come at a really distinct advantage because my first show was was also a period drama that was sci-fi set in the 50s and 60s. So, like, I have a bunch of those textures just chilling. <laughs> well, and in, 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 in comparison, I uh, was just talking to an illustrator the other day, and they use this idea of reference mm-hmm. to get texture for drawing cityscapes and landscapes. And it's kind of the same thing. Is like, you just do you just collect sounds? I do. I have a giant collection of sounds at home. I'm always adding to it. Um, I'm also, like... A pretty. I'm also getting pretty good at uh, doing my own home foley. Uh, foley recording being like when you do object stuff in front of a microphone. So I, I have my my own little collection of stuff I've made. I have a giant collection of stuff that is from libraries and bought from friends and licensed from various places. Wow. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised. How, I mean, or you wouldn't because you've heard the show hopefully uh, soon. That like. Just by using a 1960s phone next to a 1960s phone booth button press next to a 1960s engine, all of a sudden you're there. You know, that, that, it, it does a lot of the heavy lifting just having those things be made of different materials and dis- different textures. And it, it does, I mean, most of the work for me as long as I pick the right things next to each other. No, and that's and I think, you know, folks at least would have heard uh, the promo by now, but um, getting ready to hear some of the first episodes and there are there's a lot of moments where that is part of the atmosphere and the plot even that, you know, I don't I don't want to give it away. But some of that that texture is is uh, ends up being plot relevant in a cool, surprising way that I mean, Lauren knows I can do it. So it's. We kind of cheated a little. She's like, "You can, you, they can do that. They'll, they'll just do it." <laughs> I just want to correct Misha on one thing. Misha's not getting pretty good at the foley. Misha's excellent at the right. at, at the foley. <laughs> I was like, I feel like yeah. they're selling themselves short, but fine. Thanks. <laughs> so for both of you, you you obviously could choose a number of mediums to do this work in. What is it for you that particularly draws you, not just to podcasts, but to scripted podcasts? For me, I, we just I just sort of fell into it because a friend talked me into it. Uh, my 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 buddy Terry Miles, we had written a, a movie screenplay together uh, for his agent, and we we called it the Black Tape based on an idea I had that I never got around to uh, about a ghost hunter who doesn't believe in ghosts. And then Terry kept bugging me about separate issue. Let's do a podcast together. And I didn't know what podcasts were. I didn't get it. And this is like 20, 2015? 20, It was around twenty fourteen, twenty twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, and then a year or so later. 
uh, out of frustration, he was like, let's do a podcast. I'm like, I don't want to do a podcast, man. I don't want to be two dudes talking about our hot takes on whatever. Uh, there's a lot of that. Then out of frustration, I said, too bad we can't turn the black tape into a podcast. And Terry's eyes just lit up. And he's like, why not? I'm like, what, we're going to do a fiction thing of, of this? He goes, yeah. I go, who does that? And I, I, didn't, I didn't listen to audio drama. There wasn't much out there. It was like, welcome to Night Vale and we're alive, which I didn't know existed at the time. It wasn't on my radar. And then I listened, you know, we listened to Serial and This American Life. And that's when we got it. I'm like, that's our access point. That's, we'll do it that way. And since then, uh, because the Black Tapes were very fortunate that we came to the game early and it blew up, I looked at all my other screenplay ideas I never got to and said, well, why don't I turn them all into podcasts? And that's how it came into the big loop. And I just love this way of telling stories where I, I could forget about the movie production and the TV. I could just focus on telling a story for someone into their ear uh, of this story I've always wanted to tell but never got around to. And, it, and because it's podcasting, we're indie podcasters, uh, we move very quickly. It's, we don't have to wait for permission from anybody. Yep. We just do it. What is very quickly? Uh, like, for example, a big loop episode, uh, if it's 45 minutes, I could record it within two hours. And then it takes a week to uh, edit. And I, 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 I'm heavily involved in finding the music for it. And it's about a, it's about a week or two. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I picked this because I was in theater and disabled. And I said, I would like to find a new way to continue to tell stories where it doesn't involve manual labor and there's air conditioning. And wouldn't it be cool if the sound designer was, like, more in charge? And now I make podcasts. There's, like, a thought bubble <laughs> over your head right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, I really want to be... I want to tell a collaborative story, but I want to be the one doing it. And my skill set was sound, so I, we did it as a sound show. And they called those podcasts at the time. I think they still call them podcasts. I'd have to check. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll clarify that yeah. after. Uh, <laughs> and, and honestly, I, I did the first season of a podcast um, just kind of as a, a reel for myself to be like, I made this whole show from you know 12 episodes by myself. I ran it and I'm the sound designer. Um, and I was going to move to Burbank, California and apply to be an animation sound designer and, and work in cartoons. Um, uh, and then like right near the end of the first season, it kind of blew up. So I got sidetracked. One of these days, I'm going to get around to it. I mean, the journey is long. I mean, I feel like I have a really good resume piece now. And we sort of have connections now. Yeah, that too. It, <laughs> With people in that industry. It helps to like actually be in the industry. In a weird way, like when I did the podcast, I never expected podcasts to be the industry. Yeah, yeah. You know, this. I mean, this was like four huh. years ago. We yeah. were doing it for funsies. And then right around the same time as we were getting really started, I mean... Paul, you definitely had a huge hand in it, but like it really blew up right around the same time. And we, I mean, I rode that that wave right to where I am now. That's amazing. Okay, so I got to know for both of you, favorite superhero? Oh, Spider-Man, easy. Punisher. Punisher? I really want to dissect Spider-Man. I'm basic. It's Peter Parker. I don't know. Peter Peter Parker's a mess of a human. And very relatable. You, you know, I don't know if that makes you basic. That just makes you like a good-hearted Boy Scout of a superhero. Maybe. I actually love all the alternate Spider-Mans. The, so like the ones that aren't Peter Parker, because I feel like Peter Parker is kind of the default. Like Hobart? I love Hobart. Hobart's I love, one of my favorite. I love Gwen Stacy. Uh, I love Miles. I love Miguel. 
a lot. I love his perspective because it's also like a weird vampire thing in the future. Um, yeah, I love like all the Spider-Verse and Spider-Geddon are like my jam. Oh, yeah. But I want to come back to Punisher. Punisher? Yeah, I, went, I was, I was, yeah. What, mm. So growing up, it was Daredevil. Uh, but my friends have told me like throughout college, they go, it wasn't Daredevil. They're the ones who told me it's always been Punisher. And I think it's because it's such a simple premise. Revenge. It's a human who wants vengeance. Uh, but they tell the story in so many different ways. Like he's not really a hero. It's, it's a way for us to confront the ambiguity of violence. Uh, I have an episode in the big loop. I, I, I wrote this episode called Goodbye, Mr. Adams for the big loop starring our friend, Brigham Snow, an amazing actor mm-hmm. from Lauren Shippen's show, The Bright Sessions. Yeah. And uh, it's all, it all comes around. And um, you know, he, he's got, he, he won a ton of awards for it. He, he was just a marvelous actor. Uh, but I wrote that episode because of my reaction to uh, uh, binging The Punisher in Netflix. And I, and I remember at this one moment, I thought, when he, when he took down the villain, I thought, oh, I wish he just destroyed him a bit more. And then I thought to myself, why do I want that? Why am I rooting for so much more violence? I, I just had to catch myself, and it reminded me that oh yeah, that's why I like the Punisher back then because it's 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 like this is this is this is what we're, it's supposed to happen. We're supposed to confront our own relationship with violence because really, what is Punisher? He doesn't does stretch. He doesn't fly. He doesn't do anything. He just has, nope, nope. He just shoots things. Just shoots things, right? Yeah. And it, it's a story we tell over and over again. And I don't think people are getting the message. What are you most excited for fans to hear? <sighs> I mean, I'm excited for them to hear their big blockbuster dreams in a podcast i think i mean we record for two weeks we do 10 episodes and then i take it home with me and i work on it for three months and then it's done and it sounds like everything you've come to expect from superhero media in the past 10 15 years i'm excited for uh everyone to hear the fantastic four for the first time uh in, oh a, in, in a podcast it's, seeing, it's, they're, they're, they're so uh seeing them in the room together uh this week and hearing them for the first time, it just I, I, I just had chills up my spine. I will never forget that moment, hearing all of them, each of their respective characters together. I'm also excited for a bunch of fans of uh, Fantastic Four and Marvels to maybe listen to their first audio fiction mm-hmm. for the first time. I'm very excited about that to reach a new audience. Yeah, I think it, it's a really big opportunity for us as independent audio fiction creators to get eyes on what we've been working on this whole time. It's been growing slowly over the past few years, but like, this is going to be a really big kickstart, I think. I hope. I think so. Uh, So quickfire questions. We've already asked you who your favorite superheroes are, so we got that down. Spider-Man, Punisher. What is your superpower? What is my superpower? Yes, your actual superpower. I can read people. Boom. Uh, my limbs are super stretchy, like Mr. Fantastic, but it hurts me when I do it. Not so much Dr. Reed Richards, but very cool. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I normally ask what's on your playlist on your uh, your phones and or any other device, but what podcasts are you listening to? This week I've been listening to, uh, uh, it's, it's, I forget the title, it's something like George Has a Podcast, or have you heard George Has a Podcast? It's from England. <laughs> um, I never get the title right, but it's such a weird title. It's beautiful, about a man navigating his life through the inner city, through spoken word poetry, and, it, and, and it's, I think, fictional. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't really get my sense, but it's the most beautiful thing I've heard in a long time. It's sort of like the urban version of Memory Palace, if you turn that lens on himself and his community. I'm listening to The Angel of Vine, which is made by a, a friend of 
Paul and I's. It's um, an L.A. neo-noir story. It's about um, this person who, like, solves a mystery but then sits on the answers for a bunch of years and then a, a journalist comes along later and, and sort of re-uncovers it. Um, but also the motivation for, for keeping it under wraps. Uh, and I'm listening to uh, a show called Join the Party, which is a D&D podcast. Uh, they did a one-off uh, just this week with Lauren Shippen, the writer of Marvels, uh, where they all play baby goats trying to infiltrate the Met Gala. It's adorable. Baby goats? Mm-hmm. Lauren plays a tiny pygmy goat named Daisy, and she just wants a goodie bag from the Met Gala. This makes me very happy. It's very cute. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Flight. Uh, teleportation, probably. I really appreciate how long you have thought about this and that you had that in your pocket ready to go. We've had many debates about this kind of thing. But definitely flight. Flight. Because I go from Vancouver to L.A. and, you know, a lot. So flight would save me so much money. All right. So last question. It's a very important question, though. What does storytelling mean to you? Storytelling gives shape to my life. It gives me a a sense of where I came from and where I'm going because I'm shaping my own narrative as I help other people enjoy my narratives. Yeah, stories are how we examine the world around us and fit it into patterns that help us make sense of it. And it's vital to understanding our larger role as sapient beings. I love it. All right. So now I want to know, because I love the fact that you both almost had a collaborative answer. You know, we're on day eight uh, of a 10 day shoot. Like, Paul, Misha, like, how does it how has it been working together for this first time? I am so proud that I feel like Misha and I are showing off. (laughs) <laughs> how how fast and how professional indie podcasters in our in our industry work because uh, we hear it from our from the producers every day uh, they scheduled way too much time for this of how quick, they're surprised that we're wrapping sometimes at two p.m. and they scheduled it to six and it's just I'm like this is how we do yeah this is how we do I mean we talked about this before we came in that we were gonna focus on different things so that we could cover all the bases that Paul was gonna be getting the performance and be in the room and really worry about like the actors and how the actors are are collaborating with each other and I was gonna focus on the little detailed bits the blocking how it blends into the soundscape and so we had talked about that a lot before we walked in so when we got here that first Monday morning we were able to slot right in and know exactly what to be looking for and where to cover for each other and so it's been so smooth like ridiculously smooth that's it guys cool that's awesome thanks for having us yeah thanks for being here Thank you so much, Paul and Misha, for sitting down with me. I know you had a really long day that day. Uh, And congratulations on what is going to be such an incredible show. Uh, And big shout out, obviously, to the writer Lauren Shippen, who I wish we could have stolen you away. But, you know, congratulations. Most of you extremely loyal, extremely incredible Marvel's Voices fans know last year we ended our very first season in November and took a little bit of a hiatus. And this year, we're going to be doing the same thing, but we're going to be ending a little bit early. 
great news is, though, we're inning a little early to prep for some incredible, incredible, incredible episodes in 2020. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to the entire season, if you hadn't had a chance to listen to the other incredible podcasts from Marvel, Women of Marvel, This Week in Marvel, The Pull List, you can still get your amazing Marvel fix by going over to those other podcasts. But make sure you're coming back in 2020 when Marvel's Voices is going to be back in your ears with some brand new episodes. 